point every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. people who have given so much to the craft beer industry in Australia, and I'm really enjoying celebrating their careers and sharing their stories with you. Today, I'm talking to another journalist who has been telling the stories of the industry for many years. A one-time editor at Australian Brews News and The Shout, he's also written for many other food and beverage publications. In 2017, he won the AIBA Media Prize, and if his latest project, the Drinks Adventure Podcast, continues to sit atop the charts, he may just be in the run for the prize again next year. I am, of course, talking about James Atkinson. So without any further ado, James, welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. So good to be with you, Chris. Sensational. It's uh, nice, to, nice to finally meet you, even if it is over the interwebs. Yeah, we'll have to do it properly at some stage soon, for yeah, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, mate, I've just got to say, can you stop putting out such great podcasts and give the rest of us bastards a chance to catch up? I'm, I'm still yet to work out exactly how the Apple podcast charts work, but every time I look at them, you are a lot closer to number one than I am. And in fact, <laughs> I would say, I reckon you're consistently above all other alcohol industry podcasts overall. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, well, uh, I think there's a bit of wizardry that uh, goes on with how those charts work. But I think probably I'm, you know, it's probably helped me a bit just having that, um, you know, broad range of different drinks that I'm um, covering. So doing, you know, beer, wine, whiskey, cider, sake, whatever it is, and kind of getting some good support from some of the brands that I'm speaking to um, to help get it out there has really helped with, with building it. But, you know, I feel like I'm still really at the, you know, the, the beginning of, of building a podcast because, as you know, it's just tough. Yeah. Like it, it is. It's a slow burn. Well, you know, w- when you look at what, you know, some of the big, um, you know, production houses are doing and how big their audiences are, um, we're all minnows with against those audiences. Yeah. And yeah. kind of taking that next step is really, really hard. And I don't think there's any silver bullet. I think it's just kind of like you've got to plug away and keep um, – you know, just yeah. just growing as you can. I think it's it's build, build, build. You got you got to get on some good guests. Obviously, put out some good content, and just hope that over time, you know, people come on. They might find one episode of yours, and then they'll go through the back catalogue, like every single person listening to this one tonight should be doing. And then slowly but surely, those cumulative listens build and build until all of a sudden, hey, you you sort of feel like you've uh, you start to make it a little bit. Exactly, but you know, I haven't had any real celebrities on my podcast, like. Derbage, for example, and uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that episode. So, thanks, you mate. Know, well done, you know. And geez, he's a ripping bloke. Yeah, and you know, it's it's also interesting. Like, you know, I I was sort of listening to that and thinking, if I had interviewed Bede, you know, from a journalist perspective, I would not have been able to get the same stuff that you would have been able to because you just come at it from a different angle. Oh, really? But, yeah, because you can just kind of talk to him like. In a real, if you're at the pub and it's kind of like just a really natural kind of discussion at the pub, whereas for me I would have been like probably trying to be a little bit too journalistic and it probably wouldn't have. For someone like B, like I just felt like it felt much more natural and I I got, a, you know, it would have been, I don't know, I, I just sometimes there's a lot to be said for, you know, someone who's just a good conversationalist. You can get better stuff than you can as a journalist who's got, 
more of an agenda. Yeah, shit. See, I always think it's the other way around. I always think that I'm going to come across as amateurish, but maybe what you're saying, just being able to have a conversation with some somebody, maybe does work sometimes. It, it, it definitely does. And, I mean, it's the same as, um, you know, my old uh, colleague, on Radio British News, Prof, yep. uh, Pete Mitchum. Like, he's really good like yes. that too. Yeah, he's awesome like so. that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of mates, I was speaking to a mate this week and he described you as a bloody good beer journalist, but then, tongue and cheek, he said, Jamie's turned his back on the beer for the bright lights of the multi-beverage journalism, though. How's that for a backhanded compliment? <laughs> Who was that? Johnny Burridge. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, right. It sounds like something Burridge would say. But look, mate, to be fair, he's right. Because now for you, it's all about the botanicals in the gin and, and the tannins in the red wine and how amazing Japanese sake is. What happened to water hops, molten yeast? <laughs> Nothing happened to them. They're, they're still um, playing an active role in my life. Oh, good. Um, I just always genuinely have enjoyed drinking lots of different beverages. And like, yeah, I mean, I. Honestly, that's just the way that it's always been for me. And I think if I had to focus on one thing, I'd, I'd just probably get a little bit bored. And I okay. think like, you know, that's a bit of a double-edged sword because, you know, on the one hand you're kind of, and actually I'm going to start using a whole lot of different metaphors. Here, <laughs> but it's like it's a double-edged sword <laughs> because it's like, you know, you're either jack of all trades, master of none, yeah. or you're, you know, you've only got hammers in your toolbox, one or the other. But it's, it's kind of like... Um, for me personally, I've just always really loved wine. I've always really loved, you know, I've loved beer. And I think probably beer is the one that has um, captured my interest more than any other beverage. I think just because the industry and the the people, it's sort of just a bit more approachable and a bit more yeah. um, real than, than, you know, there is, that, there is a bit of an aspect of, of wine that I don't really like. Um, the wanker part? As much as the, there is a wanker, there is a bit of a wanker part. Um, yeah, but look, look, generally speaking, I, I just enjoy drinking across the board and celebrating those beverages. I was are. getting worried. I thought you might have fallen out of love with beer and that maybe someone like, you know, Canadian Club was recruiting you in the next wave of their uh, uh, over beer advertising or something like that. <laughs> No, I promise oh, you that's, that's not good. the case. Although, would you would it disgust you if I told you that I was having a glass of red wine right now? No, that's that's okay. I'm <laughs> drinking a water right now, so you win. <laughs> I thought it was part of the um, beer healer ritual that you had to like crack open a can while oh, you're well, talking. It depends. <laughs> it depends on the day of the week that it is, and whether I've had a big weekend or you know <laughs> whatever. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But uh, tonight. <laughs> Uh, wife's wife's away for the night, and the kids are downstairs. So I'm I'm being responsible. But uh, back on Good back man. on the beer thing, I'm so glad that you said no because I know that you're a cicerone, and I was going to ring those the membership guys up and tell them to revoke it if you said you'd fallen out of love of beer. <laughs> no, uh, I promise you, there's there's no chance of that. I yeah, I absolutely adore beer. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. In the words of Transvision Vamp, I don't want your money, honey. I want your love. I'm not going to ask for a Patreon donation because that's not really why I do this. I just want you to help me spread the craft beer gospel. Whichever podcast service you use, if you like my interviews, please like, subscribe, follow, rate and share my podcast with your friends. It all helps to spread the craft beer message throughout the community and in turn hopefully can help those of you out there who make a living working in the industry. 
That's all. I'll let you get back to the podcast. So as, as we mentioned in the opener, you, you were part of the Shout uh, Industry Magazine. You work with the radio Bruise News guys. What made you want to branch out a bit? I'm, I'm thinking that the Bruise News guys wore you down with their dad jokes or something like that. <laughs> um, well, I guess I, you know, I mean, I've had a career of being a journalist for, you know, 13, 14 years or something before I got to the job that I had at the Shout. And yep. then... Um, and then I kind of was doing multi-beverage then, so that's not a new thing for me. I was doing, yeah, more liquor industry reporting and a lot of it, you know, financial reporting on what ASX-listed companies, you know, Woolworths and yeah. Treasury Wine Estates or, you know, and Fosters were actually listed on the Stock Exchange not long before I joined. What was all what was going on in their businesses? So I kind of came at it from that angle. And then, and then I kind of got to know Matt and... Um, the opportunity came up to edit Bruce News and sort of focused on beer for a few years, and that was great and um, really enjoyed. Did that foster your love of beer? Yeah, it did. I mean, it, it, it just took me – I think I already, in my time at The Shout, I already had really gotten interested in the craft beer boom, to use that yeah. term. I mean, I, I think it was kind of – I started my career not that long after – Stone and Wood um, kind of started brewing, and and you yeah, know okay. that, if I look back at the sort of beers that I was drinking around that time, it was you know Pacific Ale would have been one of those beers, and um, I got I just kind of got really interested in in the craft beer industry, and kind of as you know being editor of the Shout, I was able to go to those you know the CBIA as it was then the Craft Brewers yeah. Conference and kind of just met a lot of people in the industry and just like, this is a great industry. I really love the way that, um, you know, the industry operates and the sort of characters and the sort of people there are in this industry. It, it was really cool. And so that, that, was, that was sort of something that was already established at the Shout and then probably got even deeper when I was um, at Bruce yeah. News. And then, um, but then, you know, like I was at the Shout for three and a bit years and Bruce News was, was sort of the same. And I think when you've been doing like a daily news uh, publication, you know, where you're looking at the news cycle on a certain topic and in the Shout, as I said, it was sort of a lot of it was kind of like about, you know, finance in the drinks industry, Bruce News, it was, you know, a lot of it was – the reality of what's going on in the industry at the moment, it was like new breweries opening, new beers being released, and it just yeah, gets repetitive okay. yep. after yep. a few years. And, and, and you know, like it, it's essentially a lot of what happens is the same story but insert brewery yes. name here or insert <laughs> yep. beer name here. And um, even though it's like the best job in the world reporting on the beer industry and getting invited to awesome events, it yeah, just does no. get a bit repetitive. And so I – did have a lot of other little freelance things happening that I um, was enjoying doing. And I also kind of had the idea yeah. that I wanted to do a podcast and kind of um, that was sort of how I did So you turned your back on the beer industry and then went and <laughs> sort of frolicked with all these duff- different categories. Oh, yeah, you're making me, <laughs> making me out <laughs> very promiscuous. But actually, Chris, as you would have heard as a, as a um, loyal listener of Drinks Adventures today yep. was – a beer episode, so it was. Yeah. It was. I did listen today. Yeah, yeah. no, you've you've actually done a couple of 
um, episodes on the beer. I remember, so it was Boat Rocker this week. Uh, it was Bruni Island, I think, at one stage, and then obviously the Piste de Resistance, which was <laughs> what I consider one of the best podcasts out of all of us that are doing them uh, this year. You know, it was polished, it was entertaining, and, you know, just great subject matter in terms of the, the, the rise of Stone and Wood Brewing. That was just awesome. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, and look, you know, I actually want to do – I want to do more beer, beer podcasts, but the reality is there's so many beer podcasts out there that are doing there a great job yeah. of covering the industry. So yeah. I don't really like if I'm going to do an episode on beer, I kind of want to do something that is different to what everyone else is doing. Um, yep. and, so- and, that, and that absolutely was. It really was. I remember when I listened to that episode, you sort of – it was a bit of my Jerry Maguire moment. You maybe want to be a better podcaster. Like it was, it was so nicely produced. A really nice mix of interviews, uh, sound bites from the past. It, I just, I bloody loved it. I, it sort of, it didn't sound like your average podcast that's been produced in the Aussie market right now. It felt like something from a current affairs type of program. Oh, thanks, mate. That's really good to hear. It was a bastard to make, so it's, oh, good, no to doubt. it's yeah. good to hear that someone appreciated yeah. I don't think people realise that, you know, you can have these chats and we might chat for half an hour tonight, but it's going to probably take me another half an hour or 45 minutes, maybe an hour to actually pull it all together to produce the episodes. There's a lot of work in them. Oh, mate, like, yeah, the, the amount of work that can go into making something sound good is – Absolutely insane. And I think, yeah, that's the challenge with podcasting. It's just it's just hard graft, like as an independent, you know, like you, you as we were talking about before. And, and, you know, once you actually made the episode, that's when the work starts as well yeah. as actually promoting it. Like yep. you're kind of, you're only halfway there. It's not like you're on radio and you put an episode to air and then you just wash your hands and that's it. It's like yep. that's where the work starts and you've got to kind of um, call on, all your contacts and your network and yeah, just just try and help them get it out there. Yeah, you got you got pretty good airtime with that uh, Stone and Wood interview, didn't you? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, didn't, it hasn't done. To be honest, I mean, the numbers it's done weren't like haven't been way more than anything else. Oh right, so, okay. Um, yeah, I still feel like I just still feel like podcasts are a really niche thing, and yeah. that, you know, it's. There are a lot more people out there that I hope will listen to that Stone and Wood podcast in the next few years than have already, put it yep. that way. Yeah. Like, yep. It's, it's still, you know, you, you can kind of think, oh, well, you know, that, that episode's done and dusted, but at least the way that I've tried to make my episodes is they're kind of evergreen yeah. so that, Good. you know, like it's still sort of a, a moment in history yeah. and, Maybe if people listen to that in two or three years' time, it would still be relevant. Still be cool, so, yeah. And so, yeah, there's still a lot more marketing to do to to get drinks adventures in yeah. front of more people, and then and then hopefully more people will listen to some of those episodes. I, those Stone and Wood guys, they're they're amazing blacks. I've, I've podcasted with Ross. I've met Brad before. Just totally cool dudes. And then I think after listening to to Matt Kierkegaard's interview with Jamie Cook this week, I feel like I know a hell of a lot more about him. But I was wondering, like, are you on the inner sanctum with them now? Are you, like, invited to the special events at the breweries with the, the stone brewing and all that sort of stuff? I have been to a stone beer yep. event before. Um, but, I, I mean, you must be overdue for an invite to one of those if you haven't been before. <laughs> Remember I live down here in Tasmania. <laughs> it's hard to get there. <laughs> yeah, nevertheless, I think, I think I think you must be due for oh, one. They were pretty so. good to be recently, the guys, uh, when I spoke to them about the uh, <clears throat> the most recent counterculture release. They were they were awesome, the guys. Um, I, was, I was sort of wondering, like, when you sort of speak with them, 
and you've obviously known them for quite a while. Did you did you take any sort of inspiration from them in you know taking the plunge and going all in on on drinks adventures? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I probably envy them a little bit more than I than I uh, take in, inspiration <laughs> from them because what they're all going to um, retire it, with fat wads. <laughs> no, that's that's not exactly <laughs> what I meant. I mean, I, I just think that it's it's a very unique thing and a very clever thing and a very important thing if you if you're embarking on a business venture to and this is something that actually came up in that in that podcast episode to combine a few different people and a few different mates as well that have yeah. complementary yep. skills. One hundred percent. And you you know you kind of you you're kind of working on a project together. Um you know, drinks adventures. It's like a. It's not a business yet. I've got, um, you know, some advertisers, but the the revenue is. Well, it's it's very valuable, and I love that I have that advertising revenue. Yep. It's more about recouping yeah. costs than anything, but also it's sort of like a. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a solo venture. There's there's no one who's invested in it other than me, and I've got a mate who helps me out with mixing it. And so I suppose, like with with stone and wood. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of would love if there was a media equivalent of that, where I had, you know, a couple of other like a, a salesperson <laughs> who was good at doing that stuff, and a, and a marketing person who was good at doing that stuff, and I could just focus on making content and maybe having input into strategy. But when you know, with Drinks Adventures, yeah. I'm all of those things, and that's a pretty, and it's it, you know, it'd be the same for you with. With your podcast, I know I'm never going to make so, money off this yeah, thing, mate. It's, it's a pretty. <laughs> I never thing. will, but that's that's, <laughs> all, that's that's my life decision. This is my this is my hobby. Yeah. I've got I've got a good job, which I which I enjoy. Which actually I'm doing podcasting on as well now. But uh, yeah. I yeah I know I I made the decision. I'll never make money off this, and I'm okay with that. So I can do it just purely for the love of it. That's great, and I mean you know, to be honest, yeah, like I I'd love to be able to turn my uh, my podcasting into a. Like you need to commercial. rename yourself Joe Rogan or Conan O'Brien or Dax Shepard or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or just well, become I think, funny. I think I'm really like, fucking funny. I don't, I don't care like... what anybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned before, like you, you got this whole cross section of the the drinks industry that you're covering, and I, I love it because I feel like you're bringing people into the categories that you're talking about by giving them a little bit of a taster for you know what I don't know gin or wine or whiskey has to offer. Was that kind of your plan to help? broaden the appeal of it yeah like absolutely because i it's always been something that um has kind of annoyed me a little bit when you just hear yep. people who are like i don't like this you know and you hear it within beer like you'll just hear people say oh, i don't like belgian beers or i don't like yeah um you know i don't like ipas or whatever it might be and you know you hear it in wine and people say oh, i only drink barossa shiraz or I hate this, or I hate that, and it's kind of like, you know, have you actually tried those beverages in the right, you know, have you tried a good example of that beverage in the right um, environment, the right occasion, or are you just yeah. kind of being narrow-minded and writing it off? Because the best example of any beverage is, um, you know, that there's fine examples of everything that you will enjoy if if you're if you're open minded enough, and you're interested enough to do so, I mean, look, that's not the case for everyone. There are going to be some people that just aren't um, aren't willing or able to really appreciate 
different taste profiles. Like they might <laughs> just want to drink vodka, vodka lime and soda for the rest of their life, and that's fine, and that's fine. But I just, I, I generally speaking, I think that people are sometimes too quick to write off, you know, certain beverages without having really explored the, you know the breadth and the depth of what's out there. Yeah. I actually really think it was a smart business decision for you to for, for you to open it up like that because when you sort of think about it in financial terms, and obviously this is, this is a business for you at the end of the day, you know, and the brewers, there's so many brewers in Australia now, but none of them have got big marketing budgets to be able to sort of sponsor your podcasts or, or whatever. So I thought it was really smart that you could then broaden your appeal to, you know, include the winemakers and the distillers, the foodies, travel, all that sort of stuff because – because this is a business for you that someday you'd like to make money off it. So I thought that was really smart. Yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't really – I didn't really think about it from a commercial – that aspect of it from a commercial point of view. It was really just that that was how I wanted to 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 run things. And, you know, I think it's kind of not necessarily a good thing in some ways because the reality is that there's going to be a certain number of listeners that are going to listen to, you know, if I – Go and share that boat rocker episode from today to to some of the Facebook groups. They're going to listen to that beer episode, and then they're just going to look at the other episodes that are on there. And the last one was on essentially, you know, red wine, and they're mm-hmm. going to be like, "Oh, I'm yeah. just not interested in that." So, yep, it's sort of on the one hand, you're kind of opening yourself up to a broader audience, but on the other hand, you're kind of diversifying your audience in such a way that. You know, you, there's only going to be a small percentage of people that are going to be hanging on every episode. So, yeah. yep. I haven't worked. I haven't worked out whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I know that it's a bad thing um, for me with social media. Um, like you have to be a member of, building, of the Wine Wankers Club and the Beer Nerds Club and the well, <laughs> Gin the way that, I know for certain that the way that the algorithm works on Instagram is that. If you're very active in a in a specific niche, um, whether that's gin or whether that's wine or whether that's you know um, craft beer, and you're kind of very active in speaking to people within that specific niche, yep. then that really massively boosts your um, social media profile, and they show it to lots more people. Yep. And like I, my 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 profile is kind of like I'm just spread across all these little niches <laughs> and my niche is drinks. And I think from the point of view of Instagram, that's not a niche at all. It's kind of like, nah, it's, no, it's no. basically yep. everything. So th- there in some ways is actually a really bad way to, to build a yeah. podcast or build your own personal profile. But I think that on, you know, on the other hand, the, the, the main reason that I feel like I'm on the right track with what I've done and there have been, certainly points over the last um, couple of years where I've been like, look, should I just focus on beer or should I just focus on whiskey or should I just, you know, should I try and do something more specific? Um, I guess when I look at a lot of the trends that are happening in the market at the moment and the amount of collaboration that's happening between wineries and between distilleries, you know, whether it's making a vermouth um, together or whether it's, you know, getting barrels off a, um, you know, like whether it's a brewer getting barrels off a winery or whether, you know, like there's just so much collaboration happening across categories. Yeah. And so 
there's sort of not really anyone out there that's capturing that kind of stuff. And so I think there's like kind of, you know, like none of the wine magazines are going to cover that stuff because they're just nah. interested in wine. Yep. They don't really, once the wine barrel gets sent off to the rum distiller, um, like I covered in, you know, like the last season I sort of did one episode where I looked at what Bricks Distillers in Sydney yep. is doing with X um, kind of wine barrels. Like you know, the the wine publications don't really care no. about that. They don't. They don't. It, it's just they're just interested in wine, and yeah, the barrel's done its job. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, Bricks is gonna they're putting rum into that, and then when they're done with that, they'll send it to some craft brewers. And yeah. so the more I sort of hear about that kind of stuff, and there's you know, there's so much of that stuff going on. I, I can give you a million examples of it. That I kind of think there's a place for a publication or a a journalist oh, or you. a podcast Absolutely. that is just going to look at it as they're all they're all beverages and they can all be enjoyable to drink. Yeah, but now that you've sort of broadened this out, uh, is it is it taking you to places far and wide that you maybe wouldn't have seen had you stuck solely with beer? Oh, absolutely, because um, I've become like you know, just the way that it's unfolded, I'm kind of like known as being someone who writes about Japanese sake. Yes, and that, yes. <laughs> and, that, and that kind of was like I I guess I got exposed. I mean, I went, my partner Kate, um, her sister-in-law is Japanese and so we spent some time over in Japan um, a couple of years ago and so I kind of just, yeah, got interested in Japanese sake and, did you know the very first episode of my podcast was on Japanese sake in Australia? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so I got invited on a media trip to Japan earlier this year through having done that and then having written a few articles for the papers, oh, right. uh, the online yep. newspapers. Um, and I got invited on an amazing press trip to Japan Junk earlier it. this year. Yes, <laughs> it was a chunk, but actually, yeah, I mean, the amount of like how how hard they push you. <laughs> I know it sounds, I know it's, it's it, yeah. I mean, there's never anyone that's going to be sympathetic no. about this stuff, but Tell you yeah, story, they're, they're long, days, they're long days going around to a lot of, a lot of sake brews. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, amazing experience. And so, yeah, like there's things like that, which I would never have yeah. been able to do if I hadn't have had this kind of broader yeah. outlook. Are you a bit of a traveler at heart? Absolutely. Like I yeah. absolutely love traveling. Yeah. And what about trying to incorporate work and play when you're when you're holidaying? Well, it's sort of. I think when you do what I do, there's a, the line is pretty fine between the two. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to you got to balance that with you know your relationships as well. And I know that yeah. um, Kate is kind of pretty sick of you know like. Oh, can I just you know? Can I go and meet this person and do an interview, or can I do? It's like no, this is a holiday. Like, yeah, it has I'm, to be a I'm holiday now. For those so. little angles, always. What, what do you mean? Just trying to if if we're on holiday. You know, so we spent uh, Christmas in New York, and I had to get to the Brooklyn Brewery to do a a beer tour and do some video in there. Or you know, when we went to Vietnam, I was I was blogging back then. Or you know, I go up to the Goldie for a quick escape, and I got to go and see Stills at bolter and and just just always trying to find ways that i can i call it craft beer jackie in my holiday <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah I'll, i wouldn't get away with that because there's always going to be 
like there, there generally is always some kind of angle to, <laughs> to any any holiday that I end up on where I'm going to want to go to a bar or I'm going to want to do something like this. Um, but, yeah, once once it kind of gets to that point where it's formal enough that I have to sit down and do an interview and then it kind of probably does just affect the vibe yeah. of the holiday a bit more of a case. So yep. I understand that she's put her foot down a little bit with that yeah. sort of stuff. And I get the, dif- the difference with you two that it is it is really your job. So when I'm doing this stuff, it's still it's still fun for me. You know, there's there's no yeah, there's no yeah. financial sort of element to it. So I guess it's a bit a bit different. Um what's what's the best work related travel experience you've had? Oh look, it would probably have been Japan, I would yeah. say but the previous time I got to go on a Japanese whiskey tour Braga. of Japan and that was pretty amazing. Like going to and I absolutely love Japanese whiskey. So going to, to Hakushu and Yamazaki distilleries was absolutely amazing. Cool. Like, yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Japan's kind of – I mean, I hadn't been to, to Japan three or four years ago and kind of since being there, since going there, it's sort of become like my favourite travel destination in the world. Oh, nice, so, nice. Yeah, oh, so I absolutely love travel stories. I've done, I sort of try and ask the questions of the people that sort of I know that travel with their jobs. So I'd, I've got a few of my own from a recent trip to Vegas with work, but they're not really suitable for this time slot. But I, I, do, I do encourage people to share their travel stories with me. Um, well, to use a to use a beer healer expression, when I went to Japan on the Suntory whiskey tour, I felt like I'd been kissed on the dick by a fairy. <laughs> Ah, that's going to catch on that scene. I love it. I love it. I love it. What, uh, what is your best piece of travel advice? Um, have an open mind, I think, is probably yeah. the, the main one. I mean, just try and, yeah, try and, um, try and just meet the locals and try yes. and get, the, get what the locals do, I think. You know, like. Some of the best experiences I've had have just been where where I've gone off pissed and kind of yep. just got, you know, just kind of hung out with local people doing local things that are not touristy at all. Yep. So that would probably be the main thing. I love thing. being able to make make friends when you're on tour like that. Uh, we're in when yeah. we're in Vegas for work recently. There's uh, four of us. We now call ourselves the Awesome Foursome. There's two two in Sydney, one in Melbourne, and, and myself. And we're still we've still got a group chat going on WhatsApp that we just don't want to let that magic die because it was such an awesome trip. We just happened to meet in an event and hit it off the four of us and spent the week together. I think that's the one of the best things about travel is just is just meeting great new people. It sounds like a movie that I've seen called The Hangover. It was I, I t- that story I'm not allowed to tell. That's pretty much <laughs> no, not quite that bad. But it was a it was a big week. Oh, serious question: Are you a folder or a roller with your clothes? <laughs> this is serious. I think you're going to say, am I a folder or a scruncher with my toilet paper? <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep it, keep it clean. Uh, folder. <laughs> are yeah. you? Do you and Okay. Do you use travel seals in your luggage? Seals. Cells. C e l l s. The fact that I don't know what that is. No. Nah. All right. I don't. I'm going to give you some travel advice now. <laughs> Start fucking rolling your clothes and get some travel seals. You can get them off eBay. They're like about ten bucks. You'll get five different sizes. You put your scrubs in one, your socks in another, uh, jeans, shirts, all in this, and it just completely changes the way you travel. 
And if, if you ever have kids that take them travelling with you, you'll be thankful that I've given you this piece of advice right now. And if you dial 1-800-BEER-HEALER, you'll get 15% <laughs> no. off. I've been telling everybody this just lately because I, I took them with me to Vegas and people were like, what are those things that you got? I'm like, travel sales. They're brilliant. Yeah, okay. You That's a good tip. Check them out. No, they are awesome. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So we sort of digressed there. I told you we would do that. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to your podcast, Chris, so I, know, I knew what to expect in that. It regard. happens. It happens. <laughs> I, I'm, when I uh, when I speak to people doing their podcasts and stuff, I'm always interested to know uh, what other podcasts they're listening to at the moment. Um, yeah, good good question. Like I have really loved a podcast in the US called um, Without Fail, which is. Okay. Well, Gimlet is probably, that's the name of the podcast production agency that makes it. They're probably, you know, the most successful sort of podcast production uh, company that there is. And Without Fail is kind of one they started maybe a year ago where they kind of speak to people, whether they be in business or sport or entertainment or any walk of life, about their successes and failures, and it's cool. an outstanding podcast. It's just really well made. Um, and you know, like just to give you an example, it might be like they you know like talk about talk to you know the founder of Groupon, you know, like that group buying oh, yeah. yep. uh, business, which kind of rose and crashed like really really quickly. Or or it might be like you know the um, detective who was trying to take down the Golden State killer over so many years and never was able to get him and they only finally got him you know like you know however many decades after he'd been searching for this this serial killer yeah, yeah. um so it's, it's it's really like broad and it's it's really cool there's another one in the U- u.s that i really like in the drink space called bartender at large <laughs> yep. and it's sort of more about and it's this uh bartender in la and he kind of talks about talks to different people in the um, drinks industry, spirits. Generally, it's, it's very spirits focused, like being a like a bartending podcast. So it's kind of more about cocktails and yeah, you okay, know tequila yep. and rum yep. and whiskey and whatever it is. But he's just quite an engaging guy, and um, I really like listening to that. I do like my true crime okay. podcast yeah. as well. I haven't heard any good ones really lately because I sort of feel like there's a lot of podcasts that are kind of Jumping on the bandwagon yep. because true true crime. Merrick is... Watts, we're talking to you. Oh, well, I don't know what that one is, but <laughs> he's released one. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it got a lot of hype, so it must be pretty good. Oh, okay. Well, I, I honestly, that's the thing about podcasts is that there's always new stuff going on, and you don't know without someone telling you that it's yep. happening that it exists. There's recommendations from friends. It is. It's all about word of mouth. Um, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. I listen to uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is one of my favourite ones at the moment. He's very funny. Uh, he's doing a bit of a, a side series with Dana Carvey from uh, Wayne's World right now. That's pretty cool. And another one which was a friend recommended to me, which is called Short Story Long. There's a fella called uh, Chris Drummer Faff, and he was on uh, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory um, skateboard reality show, and he, he gets some amazing guests. 
you know, you had this great one just recently with Dana White, Simon Sinek, um, Wiz Khalifa was on, you know, anything from rappers to um, NBA players to life coaches. It's it's really interesting. And they go for about an hour. Yeah. Um, just cool. just probably at the end of my attention span. But, yeah, some, some great – it's just some great content. My kids are getting sick of me listening to podcasts in the morning instead of the uh, 80s big hair rock that I usually put on. <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) What about for the drinks adventures? What do you got um, coming up for some guests to finish out season two? Oh, you're, you're, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, Are we allowed to talk about about it? We're trying to build your your audience here, mate. (laughs) You're about to blow up. You've been Um, on the Beer Healer interviews. (laughs) Um, I've got. Uh, Adelaide Hills Distillery. I went down and yep. visited um, Sasha, who's the distiller there. And actually, you know, like they're on the same uh, property as Mismatch oh, yeah. and cool. Hill Spider. Yep. So it's a very unique business that they've got there where they're like, they've got this amazing, beautiful cellar door. And you've got, yeah, three or four different um, drinks producers all there kind of coexisting um and so yeah sasha's doing some really interesting things with making whiskey using indigenous um cereal grains which is cool no one else has really done in australia before and he's also you know yeah really kind of doing some interesting stuff with um indigenous botanicals in australia which a lot of people are in gin um too but sasha's kind of doing it in a slightly different way with his green out gin and all this kind of stuff. Nice. So that's going to be a good episode. Um, I guess I kind of just try and look at different trends that are happening yep. in drinks yep. generally and try and, try and you know, come up with episodes that talk to that. So, yeah, another one that's coming up is Riot Wine Co., which is canned oh, yeah, wine yeah. and canned wine is massive oh, absolutely. in the US. Yeah, my wife was loving that while we are away. Yeah, and, you know, like it's kind of just one of those strange things that you just assume that if you want to drink wine, you've got to buy yeah, a 750-ml yeah. bottle, even if you only want to have one or two glasses tonight, and then you might end up stuck with like half a yeah. bottle that never gets drunk and you just have to tip it down the sink. So, yeah, so that's kind of another one that I've got coming up. Um, I've got another one with... Yeah, Tim Duckett, who runs a independent bottler in Tasmania, no, which you probably know Tim. about, which is uh, Hartwood, Hartwood no. and Tasmania Independent Bottlers. No, don't know. Yeah, Hartwood, based oh, in okay. Hobart, and they yeah, so right. they sort of like he he kind of like buys new make spirit from a bunch of distilleries in Australia, and then cut, and then um, puts it in barrels and matures yeah. it himself and then releases it under his own label. Oh, cool. But he's got he's got a real cult following. Okay. So, nice. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind good. of another episode I've got coming up. Um, yeah, look, there's there's lots of other things I want to do. but Yeah, does season three continue along the same sort of vein or are you going to switch it up? Or Oh, man, like I, I, when I started the, the whole thing, I, I was so outlandish and pretty naive <laughs> with what I wanted to achieve because I kind of – had this idea that I wanted to make documentary podcasts. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. On the when I went on, you know, like a, that, that was kind of what that's, I originally that's wanted. That's what the Stone Wood one. That's what I was trying to say. Documentary podcast. That, yeah. Well, that's right. Like, I mean, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to make document radio documentaries, and that that was probably, to be honest. I mean, I studied broadcast journalism at uni, which I finished in 
99 and, and I kind of wanted to work in radio. Yep. And if I had have worked in radio, I would have liked to have made documentaries for ABC Radio. And just the way it worked, I kind of ended up doing like more print and online journalism and it never eventuated just as careers kind of go that way sometimes. And when I was on that whiskey trip that I was telling yeah. you about with Suntory, there was a guy from the BBC there and he was kind of like, I was with him on the, at these distilleries and he was kind of like recording what was happening and kind of turning it into this awesome documentary. And it kind of made me think to myself, like, why aren't I, you know, why aren't I doing stuff like this? And so I kind of, when I launched the podcast, I was like, I'm going to make these documentaries. <laughs> and it was such a, you know, like a ambitious thing to be trying to achieve because it's so, it, it just takes so much time. And I didn't really have the quality of recording gear that you should have yeah, okay. to do yep, something yep. like that. And I did three of them in that first season, which was the yeah the Japanese sake one. Yep. Um, and I did one on the the Vanda Champagne Awards, which is sort of this like you know this test that people who want to um, be able to demonstrate their experts in champagne take. Um, and there was another one. Oh, the, the other one was on Willie Smith cider. The oh yes, yeah, yeah. Huon Valley Midwinter Festival. Yep. Um, in yeah, the Huon Valley. Yep. And then, um, so I did. I managed like three of those in the first season, but when you know the amount of work that went into yeah. a single episode was insane, and like that Stone and Wood episode was kind of intended to be part of season one, but ended up ended up getting bumped, and it took me six months between season one and season to to sort of start yeah. the second season. So. You know, I've kind of reverted to the model that everyone's doing now, which is just yeah. like the, the Q&A. And yeah. I've got ideas in my head of doing more documentary episodes like that. But um, it's just, yeah, it's just so hard to justify the time. So you say that you're... You say that you're doing the Q and A model, so you know how these things work. We start off with you know a bit of background, then we go through the what happened, and then you try and draw some stories. Why the hell have you waited till about the fortieth minute to tell me the story that I was looking for about the documentary style of interviews that you wanted to do? <laughs> that was meant to come at the start of this interview, well, mate. mate. You can edit it and make it go at the start of the interview. That's, that's... no, no. Every single one of these episodes are one hundred percent live. Nothing cut out. I'm a professional, mate. Well, I won't have you. I'm going to have to introduce you to the definition of live, which is that if it was live, people <laughs> would be hearing it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> and you might, you- I was doing my maths there, mate, too. I was thinking that maybe you and I are closer in age than I thought. If you finished uni in 99, I'm going to say you were born in 78. Is that right? 79. I'm 40. 79. Yeah. Okay. 40 this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well you're good at well math. You're officially, <laughs> you're 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 officially an old man like the rest of us in the uh, the Bruce News and uh, yeah. the interviews yeah. crew. In spite of the baby face, yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. That'll that'll go once you get kids. Yeah, it, it yeah. yeah, that could happen. <laughs> well, mate, look. Uh, I was going to ask you the fast five tonight, but I'm going to drop it because this was meant to be like serious, hard hitting journalism. Because I was nervous talking to you, knowing that you've got a you've got a proper background in doing this stuff. So I reckon um, I was more I'm gl- nervous than you, mate. To be honest, like I, um, 
yeah, being on the other end of the questions is not something I'm used to. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Mate, you've done a great job. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I think what you're doing is, is really interesting. I, now you've mentioned a few of those other episodes, I've got to get back back into the swing of uh, listening to more of your podcast because uh, what I have listened to has been awesome, but I'm almost – in, almost like the people that we described during the interview where, you know, I've definitely the beer ones, yep, always check them out straight away with the beer ones. It takes me a bit, bit longer to get onto the sake or or the wine and that sort of thing. So uh, I've got to open up my eyes to new experiences. Yeah, well, look, I've really worked hard to make those episodes, to make all the episodes I put out, like, interesting to anyone. So I would just kind of encourage you and anyone else just to like listen to the first minute or two, and and you know like if you, if you get bored, just just piss off and listen to Joe Rogan. But like I've, I can promise you, I've tried to, to keep you listening. So good on you. Thanks for your time tonight, mate. And uh, cheers to great beers, wine, gin, sake, champagne. Thank you. I've only got one more thing to say, Chris. Yep. <laughs> well done. You, you maybe want to go downstairs and get one now. I reckon the kids will be in bed. I can have a, a cheeky pale ale to finish the night. Nice one, mate. Good to chat. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer, or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends?